Parish Commission here tonight, substituting for Commissioner Quintanilla. <laughs> well, we do have one proclamation uh, this afternoon. It's National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. So Glenda Stroud is here, and Commissioner Haddad will be reading the proclamation. And anybody else feel free to come, come forward. Good evening, everyone. My name is Virginia Mazariego, and I'm the Minister of Tele Hospice Care. Every November across the nation, Hospice and Palliative Care Month is celebrated to increase awareness about what hospice and palliative care is. I want to thank the city of McAllen for allowing us to be here today and present a topic that we believe is a great encouragement, a journey of life. Hospice is a concept that for some people might be difficult to understand or to even accept because of the misconception of what hospice is. We have come across some people that believe that hospice is a place where someone goes and dies <coughs> or that they're gonna give up on their loved one if they start hospice services. But the truth is that hospice is a service that allows a person to live with dignity and care. Sela Hospice Care was born in the Rio Grande Valley, and we are so proud to be serving our community for 12 years. Recently, we have been blessed to continue our, our journey serving Corpus Christi and Austin area. But we have been part of this beautiful community for so long, and, we, and our families have opened their homes and their hearts to us so we can provide the service their loved one deserves. The name Selah was inspired by the Bible, specifically the book of Psalms. Selah is written at the end of each verse to mark a pause and reflection. And at Selah Hospice Care, we believe that we have the opportunity to pause and reflect on our life journey. And our team is honored to continue that journey with our, our families and their loved ones. Uh, we hospice service and sell a hospice is a service that provides not only medical uh, services, but we have a medical director, we have nurses, we have spiritual counselors, we have CNAs, we have volunteers. Everyone is involved in the patient care in order to provide everything they need from emotional, medical, and spiritual needs. We also are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial insurances. And this means that thousands of people could benefit from this service, but they don't know about it. And it is our duty to inform and continue education to our community about the benefits of this service. And we do all this with the purpose of making this journey as comfortable as easy for the families and the patients. I want to invite everyone to continue providing that education, to spread the word across the Rio Grande Valley about the beautiful services that hospice provide. We're, we're here not only to serve one person, but we are a service that covers everyone around, family, patient, friends, their loved one, and we provide those services not only at the patient's home, but where they consider their home. 
can be a house, it can be a facility where, where the patient needs, we go to them. And that's the beautiful part of it, that we become part of that person and their family. So let's continue, and, and that education, so we can stay away from the stigma of <coughs> the, what people believe. We are a service that is here in, in the beautiful city of McAllen, and we provide, and we want to go to everyone's home. I want to thank everyone for this. Thank you. Now we're going to read the proclamation. Congratulations on the 12 years and all the care and love you've done for the community. <coughs> whereas 2020 marks the 11th anniversary of Sela Hospice Care in McAllen, Texas, and whereas more than 1.5 million Americans living with life-limiting illnesses and their families receive care annually from the nation's hospice programs and communities throughout the United States, and whereas greater awareness to increase more timely access to hospice care is needed given that nearly 30% of Medicare beneficiaries receive care for seven days or less, considered too short a time to fully benefit from the range of services that hospices offer. Whereas hospitals and palliative care offer those that, sorry, hospice and palliative care offer those they serve the high quality of care delivered by an interdisciplinary team of skilled professionals and trained volunteers that include physicians, nurses, social workers, therapists, counselors, health aid, spiritual care providers, and more. Whereas the hospice and palliative care philosophy places the needs of the individual at the center of care, allowing patients and family caregivers to focus on quality of life, surrounded and supported by family and loved ones, despite serious and life-limiting illnesses. And whereas hospice and palliative care organizations are advocates and educators about advanced care planning that help individuals make decisions about the health care they would want to receive, should they have a serious or life-limiting illness, or if they were unable to speak for themselves. Now, therefore, I, Sebi Haddad, City Commissioner of the City of McAllen, by virtue of the authority vested in me, and on behalf of the Mayor and the City Commission, do hereby proclaim the month of November 2020 as National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. Thank you. Okay, we're going to now convene the uh, public hearing for items and recommendations from our McAllen Planning and Zoning Commission. Mr. Garcia, we want to step forward. Item 1A, our routine items. We have three routine items. All righty, good evening, commissioners. Uh, we do have two rezonings and one conditional use permit listed <coughs> under routine. As always, they come uh, with a favorable recommendation of the Planning and Zoning Commission, uh, but if discussion is desired, they can be pulled out and discussed separately. Thank you. And item one is a rezone from C1 office to R1 single family at 619 North 9th Street. Item two is uh, from C3 general district, R3T multi family residential on 1712 Cedar. And the third is a condition use permit for a bar for um, 
one year at 2200 Nolana Avenue, mm -hmm. suites 2016 to 2218. I might point out number three uh, is with a variance because it's near the museum, Quite, I think. Yes, so if you go over a wonderful, wonderful museum, you can go over to the bar and get a drink afterwards. <laughs> is there anybody here uh, from the public that is um, in opposition to any of these items one, two, and three as presented? Okay. Hearing none, entertain a motion to approve items A, uh, 1A, 1, 2, and 3. So, so moved. Second. Any discussion? Hear none. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. B, rezoning. Uh, Mayor, this next item, uh, we received a letter from the applicant that wishes he wishes to withdraw. Uh, the item we received it about an hour ago, so it's not in your packet. Okay. And we had some pictures that um, I think some neighbors um, brought forward, and of I guess we'll put those in the record if you want to do that afterwards. For B1? I think so. Okay. All right. No, th 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 that one's for C2. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, okay, that's C2. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that's been, t that's uh, withdrawn. I'm sorry, okay, now C. Yes, sir. So this is a request for uh, David Gonzalez third for conditional use permit for, conditional use permit for life of the use uh, for a portable building greater than 10 feet by 12 feet uh, at 604 North McCall. Uh, so this property is located at the northeast corner of McCall and Fir. Um, it is zone C3. Adjacent zoning is C3 to the north and west, C4 to the east, and R4 to the south. Surrounding uses include offices, stores, and apartments. Uh, the applicant is proposing to utilize a portable building that measures 8.5 feet by 48 feet for an MRI facility. Uh, the item was heard at the November 17th Planning and Zoning Commission meeting. There was no opposition. Um, but PNZ had concerns over a life of the use, um, so they're recommending approval for three years. The applicant is comfortable with those three years. He just had to come back in three years. Correct. To yes, so he's comfortable with that. Then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is there anyone here to appear for or against this item? <coughs> uh, hearing none, I'd entertain a motion to approve. Oh, the, the applicant is, well, he's online. He's, he's, he's consented to, or he's agreed with he's the three-year term. Yeah. Oh, second. The motion is second. Discussion? <coughs> Hear none. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. C2. Yes, sir. So this is a conditional use permit for the life of the use for a parking facility at 3616 Harvey. Uh, this property is located at the north side of Harvey, approximately 160 feet east of where? It is zoned R1. Uh, adjacent zoning is R1 all around. The surrounding uses include single-family uh, homes, an apartments, uh, a church, and vacant land. Uh, the property is currently vacant, and a rezoning request was submitted back in 2016 uh, from R1 to R2, uh, but was ultimately withdrawn due to opposition uh, from neighbors of the Rosalinda subdivision. The applicant is proposing to construct a parking lot with 10 stalls for the existing apartments located to the west of the subject property. Uh, the item was heard at the November 3rd Planning and Zoning Commission meeting where there was opposition uh, from neighbors citing current misuse of the property for illegal dumping and parking. I believe you have some pictures of that um, in the dais. Um, after some discussion, PNZ uh, voted to uh, recommend approval of the conditional use permit for two years. Uh, the applicant is here, and he says that he would uh, prefer if it is life of the use, but he can, he'll be okay with two years. And there's still opposition to whether it was two years Correct. or not. Yeah, I think we've had this item before before us for a rezoning for yes, a rezoning and um and we so we heard from the um opponents um to that and saw the conditions of the um 
these, I think the rezoning was, wasn't it to enlarge it or something like that? Correct. So this is just for parking, which I, I don't know, but it looked like at least one of the complaints were people parking there already. Correct. And so this would be a paved and drainage. Exactly, and there would be a buffer there. They sure. are proposing some grassland around there. Are they okay. going to park behind it? Because there's... To the east. So if, so right now, that, that's the where they're parking, as you can see. Um, there is a site plan staff. There you go. So uh, you can see those 10 stalls, and then there will be uh, some grass to the east and then to the west of the apartments. And no one's, com no one's complaining to each other? There, no. uh, well, there is opposition to, to the request. Yes, ma'am. And can we hear what the opposition yep. Why? Yeah, I don't think they just want, they don't want anything over there. I mean, the opposition seems to be the condition of the property. The condition of the property and, and the apartments uh, themselves, the tenants. Right. Correct. Would the improvements require lighting? Is it yes, big sir. enough? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to hear from the. Uh, I guess it's, uh, you represent the. Are you with? Is anybody within 200 feet? Uh, yes, they are. Okay. Do you but want no to formal opposition uh, petition has been submitted. No formal. Okay, sir. Are you in opposition to it? And I hope within 200 feet. Yes. So it's this building. <coughs> we have the pictures. I have the pictures here. But you know, when it came up rezoning, we kind of saw your opposition rezoning and pictures of the condition of the apartment, et cetera. So I will pass those out. I'm Mr. Miguel Santos, and I was here on 2016 in opposition, and my neighbors and the neighborhood have questions because I've been around this past weekend getting their concerns, and their concerns are that why is it if in 2016 it was denied rezoning, and now you're throwing it again as a provisional parking space. The problem is not the parking because those apartments are not to full capacity, one. What goes there in those apartments, we're not against the improvement. What we're against is the owner of those apartments has no control of his tenants. They have trashed out the entrance of that, sub, that subdivision. And that's our main concern to the point that I have some people, residents, that they just built, they cannot sell their homes because of those apartments. We were here on the 29th of September with Mr. Darling and Mr. Rodriguez, and they promised that they would take care of those issues that we discussed with them on the 29th. And apparently, we have not seen any improvement. That's our main concern. The other concern is that we want to be neighborly. We understand that he paid pretty a penny for those. But if any improvement has to be made, it has to be made with his tenants. To this point, we don't know if there's an existing contract, any existing rules that they should obey. Now, my biggest concern is, because I live just east of that lot, and I see cars with no license plates. And we brought this issue before you on the 29th. Those cars are still being parked there. We had the issue of them holding their beer parties to the late hours, and something was gonna be done. A camera was to be put up there. We haven't seen that camera. I talked to your code enforcement just last week, and I asked him, what's the outcome of our meeting on the 29th? And they said, well, we haven't been able to get a bucket truck 
to set up the camera so that we can monitor what's going there. Further, I asked her, I said, and the outcome of the meeting, she says, well, at the moment, we are going to be in court with Mr. Hugo Chavez, I mean, Cuevas, which is the owner, on the behalf that he has violated most of the city codes. All of us are against it because we are all elderly, retired people. We be, I, for one, be putting up with all this and all of his trash. I know he's an owner only for the past three years, but the previous ones done the same thing. What we don't want, if he wants to make improvements, let him put the trees and put the yard, but <coughs> improve his tenants. He's never around to see what goes around there. Just this past weekend, we had a, a beer party that lasted over midnight. Now, I'm asking for some consideration because I've been here not in 2016. I was here in 2008. I was in 2006 here complaining about this problem. And the problem is there's no control of the people living in those quarters. Now, I would like for you to see, not just because I'm complaining, but I would like for you to see what one of your officers, the late Mr. Chavez, wrote on his report, and this was his last report that Saturday on July the 11th. And I would like you, Mr. Whitaker, if you would be so kind to read what he wrote on that report. You want to do that? Yeah, could you, could, you re could you read it? Could I read it? Yes. Well, let me get my glasses on, because I'm not as young as I used to. <laughs> Thank you, though. This is of 2020-46812. This is the case number on July 7, 11, 2020, at approximately 14, 18 hours. I, Officer Ismael Chavez, number 13364, was dispatched to 3608 Harvey in regards to vehicles parking too close to the reporting party's fence. Upon arrival, I made contact with Mike Santos. Mike stated that the apartments complex next door located at 3616 Harvey is in violation of several city ordinance. Mike walked with me to the west side of his fence and I saw two vehicles were parked in close proximity to his fence and that empty lot was not paved or modified for use as a tenant parking. I also saw a lot was Litter with beer cans, plastic containers, wrappers, and other miscellaneous trash. Mike stated that he attended a city council meeting where the property owner was advised that vehicles were not allowed to park in that empty lot unless it was paved and modified for parking. Mike stated that vehicles have crashed into his fence in the past and had to pay repairs 
and had not paid for repairs for the damages. As I was making contact with Mr. Mike, two tenants came out of the apartments and the vehicles near Mike's property were removed. Apartment manager Guadalupe Hernandez, date of birth 425-1970, approached Mike and I and advised that he would hire a cleaning crew to clean the trash scattered all over the empty lot. Guadalupe advised that he was not told vehicles could park in that empty lot, but stated that he would tell the attendants and make an effort to communicate with Mike. Mike stated that he lived in the house for over 36 years and the apartment complex has been causing consistent problems along with making the empty lot next to his house an eyesore. Mike advised that he wants to get along with the property owner, but stated that he fears the mess will devalue his property. Mike advised that he wanted to document the incident with the police in case of follow-up with city officials and code enforcement. Mike was provided a number and advice that I would document this in a report. Officer Ismael Chavez, 13364. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask a question. Um, does a would a fence be required that f as part of the? Okay. You know, I, I I certainly sympathize what you're saying, and we thought code enforcement had gone out there, and apparently. Well, Mary, if I could, I'd like to respond to that because you were at that meeting uh, with me and other staff members, and it's certainly possible uh, that Mr. Santos just hasn't noticed uh, what's happened out there, but. Uh, we did place a no dumping sign um, there at the site as, as we said we would. We had the fire marshal meet with the owner of the apartments and they actually had a, an educational uh, session there along with other um, property owners along the street there on Harvey. Um, we did uh, cite the location where we're going to place a camera and I believe that we either have the pole ready to be installed or is installed. The reason we weren't able to put the camera in there is because we've been doing the Wi-Fi throughout the city and all of the yeah. equipment was deployed uh, for that. We have had uh, patrols every two weeks because one of the complaints was that uh, they were having yard sales every weekend and we've been enforcing that. We have towed three vehicles from the area and a lot of the debris. I personally spoke to uh, two ladies of the subdivision uh, some 10 days ago and she actually said she was very satisfied with what uh, we had done. And so we will continue to go out there. Uh, it's obviously an area that, that's gonna need a lot of energy and focus, um, but the staff's been out there almost daily uh, okay. trying to address this. We cited the owner also because he had a laundry without a permit. He's, he's scheduled to go to a hearing to court and uh, cited him for illegal dumping twice. Yeah, and I, I think I, you know, what you really want what solves your problem is we live, you know, unless they really made significant improvements and kicked out all the tenants and we destroyed the building. I, I think the park, this parking lot actually helps solve the issue. You won't have dust blowing in the summertime. They'll, they'll be required to do a wall, required to do drainage, et cetera. But it's not gonna solve your overall problem. And that's what really we're not here to do on this particular item. We, what we can do is do what the city manager said and, and continue to try to um, clean it up, 
make sure it abides by our ordinances. And I, you know, I sympathize with you. It's nothing worse than having something like that at the end of your street. But this is probably, you know, I would suggest continue working with the city manager. And you know, I don't know what the city commission is going to do, but you know, I think this helps. This actually helps and shows that the owners is actually making some attempt Mr. Uh, to improve the situation. I had the discussion with 20 of your landowners in that subdivision, and I hate to say this, Mr. Darling, but they don't feel that that parking lot is going to make any improvements because they see that trash apartment every time they come into that subdivision. And this is not only my concern or the two people that are here with that concern. This is 20 owners of those. Now, what we can understand, there's more value in our properties than 20 units that are being trashed out. Mr. Santos, uh, has Mr. Cuevas or his man manager actually met with you with regards to the permit? Sir, I am 77 years of age, and I even tried to be a good neighbor to everybody and tried to keep my place clean. After all these meetings, Mr. Cuevas is aware of what's going on, but there's been no improvement. Very good. Mayor, I'm going to make a motion to table this item. Um, uh, Commissioner Quintanilla had expressed an interest in having the uh, property owners meet with Mr. Cuevas. Uh, there's enough concern that's been raised at this point whether or not we should reward bad behavior uh, by awarding or permitting a conditional use permit. If this is an issue that was raised over two years ago and the owner or manager have not undertaken diligence in trying to comply, it certainly raises a question for me whether or not he'll even comply with a, even a two-year permit. So I'll make it th this time a motion to table. I second. No, it's not debatable. Okay, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion opposed. Motion carries. Which is his, what's going to happen, Mr. Sullivan? We're going to table it until. We're going to come back at another hearing. So that way, Mr. Uh, Commissioner Quintanilla, who is your commissioner in your district, and I'll probably join him as well uh, to meet with you, as well as with Mr. Cuevas, to discuss this issue to see what could be resolved, to see what he's going to do to comply. I was one hour with Mr. Quintanilla Friday night, and okay. he tried to convince me that it was for the best of the subdivision, right. and I told him that I already had signatures. Yeah. And I yes. told him what was going on, and I said, the majority of the neighbors are still waiting because in February of this year, you promised that you were going to get together with all of us and discuss this issue, and it has never happened. Are you referring to Commissioner or to Mr. Cuevas? I'm referring to Commissioner Quintanilla. Oh, Quintanilla. He never followed yes. us. Okay. Mr. Rodriguez okay. was there back in February also. This item has been tabled, so it's yeah, it's for discussion. Oh, we had another meeting. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay, that's the... Oh, just to make it clear to him, no action, no decision has been made on this item today. Correct. Well, it's not so much the action that yes. you're all going to take. It's that we're tired of coming before you, and we continue to see junk cars. We continue to see the trash. We continue to see the beer parties going on on weekends. Yes, sir. We understand. So if you postpone it for one more week, there's one more week we have to put up with this mess. All right. I'm just trying to do uh, found, find solutions. Let me Congress. ask you, you all can take a decision right now? No, because I already made a motion to table because Commissioner Quintanilla wanted to be here to address some of these issues. He's not available today. But Mr. Santos, please know that Roy Rodriguez also let you all know that he, all of the different procedures that they are taking in order to help you all in this situation. So those are not going to discontinue during this time. So 
So we but will then find a solution that'll work. Ms. Whitaker, let me give you an example. You had two uh, pieces of property in your area. The Gonzalez house, right off Jackson. And then you had another one on McCall, in the corner of McCall and Jackson. When they didn't pay attention and you had that debris, what was the action you took? Or that piece of property, uh, the, the home down, that one, the one on the corner? You bulldozed everything down. Why? Because it was a nuisance. Well, that, but that meant different laws. I mean, that, that building was I, I, under, I understand, Mayor. Yeah. And because these apartments are under the grandfather's clause, we don't understand why you all favor to allow him and even to have a hearing for a, a provisional parking lot. Well, you know, we need to talk to the legal department about that. I mean, you know, and that's the whole point. We're talking about this now because really this has nothing to do with that parking lot per se. It's, it's it being there, period. And, you know, so I think if, you know, if we resolve the parking lot one way or the other, if we turn them down, it's not going to solve your problem. And, you know, we need to talk to the legal department, code enforcement, and see what we can do as a unified effort to do that. Nobody should have to live on a, with a condition like I've seen in the pictures with a property right next to yours or anybody else on that street Correct. or anybody else in McAllen. And so, you know, the problem with the bureaucracy, it moves kind of slow. <laughs> and we need, to, we need to try to speed it up and see what we can do. And we are, we are working on it. We're not going to go anywhere. Thank you very much. Thank for you your time. for your Thank time, you, Mr. Sun. May I ask you a question? Um, well, I that, that item's been tabled. You know, the parking lot issue's been tabled. You know, and you can come to all the meetings of public comment and talk. And if we're not making progress, we can have a report from you every meeting. And you certainly have a right to do that. Okay, I need a, more, uh, a motion to approve the uh, or amending the ordinance. Only in order to reflect so, items that is approved. So moved. Have a second? Second. Go ahead. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. That's the end of the public hearing. We're going to go to the consent agenda. Any items on the consent agenda that need to be taken off for discussion? I had a, uh, item 2B. TV. Very quick question. Okay, anything else? Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Move to approve other than item 2B. Okay, items, all items except for 2B. That's a shorthand rendition of doing it. Okay, all those in favor, I have a second? Second. second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Aye, aye everybody aye. Opposed, same sign, motion carried. <coughs> item 2B. Good yes, evening, sir. Mr. Lonto. Hi there, who are you? Real quick question. Um, in the item you're requesting authorization to purchase 2,200 black bins and 1,200 blue bins, uh, does that is that kind of first in first out? Is that how many bins we go through every year, or is that yeah, just actually to keep we, inventory? It, it's for our annual inventory, but we actually go through considerably a lot more containers annually. Oh. This is the the uh, replenish inventory, the first inventory. Okay, very good. Year. Do, does the trash, the people who pick up the recycling and the trash, do they report also some of the bins that are just really not in good condition anymore? Some of them do, yes, ma'am. Okay. In fact, we are um, we are doing an assessment okay. through the uh, field service monitors to give us a count of those that are in dilapidated order, so that we can take those into uh, the replacement inventory, because we are we've learned that annually we're 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 coming short with that inventory. So oh. we'll, we'll probably discuss that during budget. Just and out of curiosity, 
Oh, sorry, Ron. Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are recycling efforts uh, better today than they have been in the past? Are they improving every? Yes, it, it, the, the recycling is improving. The Recycle Right program has, has proven to be successful for us. In fact, there's uh, other cities throughout Texas that are reaching out to us um, to, to learn how we're doing it so they can implement in their area. Let's start with Edinburgh. <laughs> are we still enforcing, you know, if people dump garbage and we're still enforcing all Yes, sir, we are. We stopped during the COVID pandemic we went, initiation. We we've gone back or we're still under the COVID rule? No, they're, we're, we're good. Okay. We're good. They're, they're back. Yes, sir. Oh, just curious question. What's the life, general average lifespan of one of those cans? They, they're warrantied for 10 years. Here lately, we're seeing that they're not um, lasting over two. So the, um, yeah, they're, they're not lasting the 10 years that, that they're warrantied for. We do request that the, the bins be replaced during that time frame. And sometimes we get an okay and sometimes um, they uh, attribute it to the mechanism on the, on the truck. So we go back and forth fighting for, for the warranty. Mm. Okay, now motion to approve. I'll make a motion to approve. Second. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign, motion carried. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bids and contracts. 3A, Mayor and Commissioners, is consideration and approval of change order number two to RDH site and concrete for Kennedy Avenue roadway and drainage. Good evening, Mayor Commissioners. This change order number two consists of design modifications and additions um, to utility issues related to conditions found out in the field. Um, the changes in the contract total to a net change of $19,740 and an additional 22 uh, working days. We have coordinated with McAllen Public Utilities and they'll be participating with $8,640 of those improvements. Staff recommends approval of change order number two for a revised contract amount of $1,543,745.50 with a total of 232 working days. Um, and this is also subject to a budget rollover. Um, we had estimated we would be further along last fiscal year, so um, when we do the rollover for projects, the uh, dollar amount will be adjusted. So moved. Second. A motion to second approve. Any discussion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank you. B is consideration and approval of engagement letter from Weaver, Weaver and Tidwell for the annual audit ending September 30th of 20. So moved. Second. Second. A motion to second. Discussion? This comes with a favorable uh, recommendation from the audit committee. That's right. And how many years have we had? We're either on year three. Yeah, year three out of five. Yeah, we usually rotate after five. Okay, motion second approval. All in favor say aye. Aye. Oh, same sign. Motion carried. Ordinances, public tree ordinance. All right. <laughs> okay. Public tree. Good afternoon or good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. I'm here with Chris Lash and Ms. Alonzo. Uh, before hey, you start Chris. groaning about a public tree ordinance, I know it was a nightmare a few years ago. Wipe your minds clean of that. This is completely different. Uh, I know we got a lot of pushback on that last one, uh, that proposal. Forget about it. It's not what this is. This is a simple public tree care ordinance that uh, allows us to uh, apply for the keep, um, excuse me, the Tree City USA designation. It's gone to city, um, excuse me, ordinance review committee and has comes to you with a favorable recommendation. All this ordinance does is put into effect what we already do. Uh, one of the requirements to be a Tree City USA is to have an Arbor Day celebration. We have a great Arbor Day celebration, thanks to Ms. Lash and the efforts of KMB. And so the only thing we're lacking in order to have that Tree City USA designation as a public tree care ordinance. This does not affect private property rights. 
It does not affect AEP or Magic Valley's rights. Uh, all it does is require them to send us a schedule and comply with industry standards, which they already do. Contact has already been made with them. Um, we haven't had any opposition that I'm aware of to this ordinance, and Chris Lash is here to answer any questions you have about why we want to do this. Um, but it, it's basically stuff we're already doing. Sold. Make a motion to approve. I, what, motion, yeah. sir, I had a question. I, I'm a little confused on the distinction between um, Parkway, whatever the heck's the name of it. Let me see. I read it. Oh, yeah, Parkway. Yes, sir. And is, so is a Parkway also involve city right-of-way? Yes. And so you, you allow people to do certain things in the Parkway. I was a little confused on that. And that's why I mentioned about AEP and CPNL because their lines are in Parkways and so are trees. Right. And they can't top the tree or what? I mean, they're going to have to get a permit to trim a tree from y'all? No, no, sir. It doesn't require them to get a permit. If it's in 255B, um, uh, where the requirements for the franchise utility company, such as AEP, all they have to do is give us a schedule and comply with industry standards. Okay, now many of us have trees that in our front yard that have now grown into the parkway. Right. So what happens with that? So th th this actually doesn't change the requirements that we have now. It, 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 they're codified elsewhere in the Code of Ordinances. It's just reinforced here, which is that the property owner is responsible for the care of those trees to make sure that they're not creating a site obstruction. Now, we have people come down, city crews go down the street and cut trees, especially where school buses can't get under right. the trees. Or, that wouldn't change. We'd still do that, or are we going to send notices of people that, need to trim their trees? That's correct, Mayor. And nothing would change. We would continue to trim those trees. So we'll still be doing that. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Sort of answered my question, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a motion second. Any further questions or discussions? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, Chris. You. You're, you're going to be in charge of that, right? You're, no problem. Okay. <laughs> I, when my tree gets over the street, I'm going to call you. <laughs> Manager's report. Right, Mayor. So the first one is the um, item that we have on every agenda. It's a report on CARES Act funding. I think the highlight uh, was mentioned earlier by the finance director, Sergio. We have been, uh, well, the attachment shows that we've got applications one, two, and three approved. And we've actually gotten word of uh, number four and its timing for approval. And really, five and six, and, and then we'll look at how we do on the additional requests. So it looks very promising here in the next uh, few weeks. Um, and so far, we're, we're over the $10 million mark. Thank God. Great. Okay. Any Good questions? Way. 2020 unaudited budget and actuals. Yeah, we did that in uh, workshop. workshop. Okay, monthly subdivision report. We're over last year, month to month. Yes, and after a, a slow couple of last months, we, we are back. So we did have 10 uh, new subdivisions applied for, nine of which are uh, residential. Uh, and together they compile uh, 210 units, 208 uh, of which will actually be within city limits. Uh, so let's go on ahead. Uh, first up is ABA State Subdivision. That is a one-lot commercial subdivision on Buddy Owens, just west of Benson. There we go. Next up is Bella Vista Ranch. It is in the ETJ, uh, one lot, two acres. Benson Park, it's a 34 lot, single family uh, home residential subdivision on Benson, um, seven and a half acres. Uh, real quick question, Mr. Garcia. I'll yes, start no, you're fine, you're fine. You're just like, like a machine. <laughs> on Benson Park, was the issue on the uh, detention pond issue resolved? Yes, sir. Very the good. the width, yes, much. sir. Appreciate yeah. it. No worries. Uh, the La Torre subdivision, um, 
one lot residential, about a third of an acre, right across from Travis Middle School. Frontera Peak, uh, on Frontera and Bicentennial, one lot residential, two and a quarter acres. Wow. J. Leal Subdivision, uh, one lot residential, uh, single family residential subdivision, just under an acre. We have Martinez Subdivision, uh, single family, uh, one lot subdivision as well, 0.14 acres. What's the rest of that lot? I mean, that's the la that rest of it's undeveloped, right? And Correct. Yes, sir. Okay, wow. Uh, Nolana Crossing, lot 3A, that'll be a 24-lot townhome subdivision uh, at 27 and a half in Nolana. Sherry Manor, it'll be 106 single-family residential. That one has already been rezoned. Um, it's just the, the map hasn't been updated yet, but that one's already in R1, 38 acres. And then lastly, Via Torres Estates, 41-lot uh, single-family home residential as well uh, on Ware uh, and 33rd. Mr. Garcia, on this last one, I'm yes. sorry to be no, I'm no, trying no, to be a stumbling block. That's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> on this one, I did receive some phone calls from Almond Estates, which Correct. is the 25 units to the east, um, concerning that there's about going to be, assuming that every lot is developed on the proposed Via Torres Estates, that there's not going to be 61, 65, more or less, right, uh, resident service by Correct. one street. Um, was there a need or requirement to do a traffic study on this in terms of flow? A traffic study? No, no. sir. And I think part of the um, questions that they had was also on fire safety. And just to, to address that, fire did look at it. Uh, they feel comfortable as well as all other departments. Uh, they look at it every every subdivision. Okay. And on this particular subdivision, there is, is there a requirement that there be a sidewalk on each side? Yes, sir. Okay, because the Almond subdivision to the east doesn't have that. Correct. That's because they had a, um, a variance. We have not received a variance for this one yet. Okay. That doesn't mean they can't happen, uh, but right now the requirement is for sidewalks on both sides. And just to confirm what I suspect is going to happen, that once it's developed, uh, there's there's a entrance on the south side of Fossil Middle School uh -huh. that will obviously be sealed off. Closed off, yes, sir. Okay. Very good. Thank cool. you. No worries. <clears throat> who, do, who do the variances to the sidewalks go to? The sidewalks eventually come to you guys. I've never seen one. I, never I had seen one, one just two months ago. <laughs> I did a little bit of research. Man, I tell you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got to put sidewalks. We'll go there. Okay. Uh, next up are the recorded subdivisions. First, we have 2621 South 23rd, uh, <clears throat> one lot commercial on 23rd and Jordan. Estancia Tres Lagos, that's 30 single family lots, uh, again, as part of the Tres Lagos development that we're seeing there. Ruben Valdez in the ETJ, it's three lots, but it will be for a single family. The tree apartments, which are estimated to be uh, 304 units, um, that is on Taylor, just north of the expressway. Trade zone substation subdivision, uh, five acres, it will be for uh, a substation, electrical substation. Well, I finally found a place. And lastly, we have Violetta, a one-lot uh, commercial subdivision on McCall and Violet. Now, all these have been in the city limits. Correct. Uh, so you're keeping track of outside the city limits. Yes, sir. In all those. Okay. Well, that's good. So I'd like to have that a monthly report, too. If you were approving any subdivisions outside, you can yeah. let us know. Definitely. I think we're going to try to um, do something about that. Okay. Parks and Recreation. Thank you, Edgar. Is the bathroom at La Vista finished or what? <laughs> Almost. Sir. When Almost. is it going to be finished? We're probably looking at uh, 
the last week of December. Somebody asked me about um, hike bike trail bathrooms, and I said, you know, at least on the Second Street one, you got the Fireman's Park, you got the Vista, you, know, the Vista. Vista. you got um, the Jack in the Box. <laughs> There's one other one, uh, but anyways. Okay. So uh, the the first image, obviously, is a bathroom at La Vista, and uh, this is the uh, blueprint that we're using at all our parks. We're doing a combination of the work in-house, and we're contracting the masonry work and the uh, concrete. So that is saving us a considerable amount of money. This is the one over at La Vista. It'll be utilized by the folks who were renting the pavilion for get-togethers and also by folks that are using the park on a daily basis. That is a close-up of the park. We had a budget of uh, $98,000. Current uh, budget right now is about $75,000. Next uh, park is Cascade. If you have been to Cascade Park in the past, you've realized that this is a Welcome change. It is uh, obviously all the bathrooms have the uh, one is the family bathroom, which is what we do for all our park restrooms, and also an adult size changing table in the family bathroom. So, folks that uh, have seen it, have used it, uh, actually, our first one was at Airport Park. We've received a lot of compliments and a lot of folks that are very happy with the, the fact that uh, this is something being done in McAllen. This was a structure I bought to you several times. Uh, this is the Swadish restroom. We basically just uh, rearranged, refurbished, and uh, we're almost done. I think <coughs> next meeting is probably the, the last time you'll see this until we have uh, the ceremonial flush. But uh, the only thing pending, <laughs> the only thing pending is a sidewalk <coughs> connecting the playgrounds to the bathrooms. <laughs> this is uh, Retama Park. We recently received some funds for improvements at Retama Park, and we had some trees that are growing too close together in some of our more established parks. So this was a relocation of two trees. These trees are about 12 years old. They're live oaks. Uh, we don't buy new live oaks, but we will, we will relocate them if they're in an existing park. Uh, so we were able to relocate these for about uh, $450 each. So you can't buy that for under $3,000. So uh, yeah. we're, they're doing good, and this is the perfect time to, to be able to do it. Next uh, is a Musco Lighting Project, and right now you can't see much. Uh, Public Utilities is doing some line work. So we're waiting for that, and we're waiting for material to come in. Uh, Musco Lighting will do the installation, and uh, we will have three adult-sized soccer fields out in Uvalde, which is District 4. That is all I have for today. Any questions? Floresta, um, Mike. So we, we were able to take some, uh, some dirt, some topsoil that was uh, gifted to us by a, a utility project. We are working on uh, irrigation. We're trying to see if we can get Irrigation District 1 to allow us to use some of the water. We have a canal right there. Uh, before, if, if that doesn't happen, then we'll have to design an irrigation plan and get some, some cost on it. But we, we're reshaping or shaping the, uh, the border, the perimeter. So if you go out there, you'll see, I think we had about uh, 12, 16 yard trucks out there delivering topsoil. So uh, we'll continue with that. Just punch a shoulder in the canal, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always, it's a full command. It's always full, that can, and yes, it's always water. And it's a brand new uh, structure, so uh, they're very, uh, very cautious about puncturing anything on it. I so, understand. Yeah, Just so put a hose over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, I want to compliment you and the staff on, I went to War Memorial the other day and it looked beautiful, the landscape. Thank really, you, sir. I'll let staff out. know. Yes. Just before I forget, so you can remind me later, um, the, there's an individual who called me about the 
west side fence of Lions Park. It's, I think it's like a chain link fence, but it's uh, old. I think it's kind of starting to weather away and kind of bend in different parts. But there might be uh, an opportunity because he's the one that's redoing that old house that was at church property. Okay. That sits on the private line. So he, he asked, he said, could you put me in touch with Parks and Rec? He's, he's interested in maybe putting up a block fence or something of, of uh, higher quality and want to see if maybe he could participate with the city and because they share that fence. I don't know how that works. Certainly, we can um, look at it. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll reach out to you for a contact number. Okay. Um, thank you. That's all I have. Have a great evening. Thanks, Mike. Sure. Yvette, you're up next. Project status report. So we have our... That one. Oh, wait. No, it's the other one, the 3 September and 3rd. Sorry, just loading the right <laughs> presentation. Yes, the first project that we have is the is the bicentennial. I can't get the right um, boulevard presentation. I'm just going to go through it. Is a bicentennial boulevard extension project. Uh, Texas Cordia continues to do work in the project with constructing water, irrigation, and sanitary sewer lines. Um, and uh, that continues between Northgate to uh, 107. The roadway storm sewer system has also uh, begun north of the Irrigation uh, District 1 main canal, and it's heading north towards Spray. So the contractor is continuing with work um, on schedule so far. They've um, installed the first course of pavement uh, approximately, starting approximately 100 feet north of Trenton to Frontera, and that's the first segment that we're looking to open. We have an anticipated date um, for a ribbon-cutting opening um, about the third week of December, so I'm going to be coordinating the exact date for that, so we're looking forward to that. No, that's not it. <laughs> and so um, they continue to do work also with a noise barrier. They're trying to get all that in place between... Um, or north of Trenton and uh, sidewalk, all that concrete work done before we do that um, opening. The next project that we have is the Kennedy Avenue drainage, I'm just gonna do without the presentation, is the Kennedy Avenue roadway drainage improvement project between, thank you, between uh, Benson to Ware. RDH is a contractor, we had a change order for that project. Um, they continue to do work, albeit um, they have had some issues with scheduling, so we're, we continue to work with a contractor um, to see how, quickly they can get that work uh, completed. They, ha they have had some coordination issues with um, irrigation district. Um, there's a irrigation line that runs through there. They were having uh, issues gathering uh, the appropriate material for that crossing, and so that's causing a little bit of delays on their end. We're working with a contractor through that issue. Uh, for Taylor Road, Daffodil, and Dove Avenue, those projects are under design. I'm gonna keep them um, in the packet, and we'll update as soon as we get uh, design work done and out to bid so that we can update you on when those are going to be uh, ready for a bid. The next project that I have are the bond projects, the 2018 drainage bond projects. We have seven projects identified that have already been completed, and we have four projects that are under, under construction right now throughout the city. The first one is 43rd Street uh, Storm Sewer Bypass by Castle Construction. The next one is by RDH, and they're working on Dove Avenue um, from 2nd towards 10th Street. 
Uh, the contractor has make, been making some progress with that project as well. Um, we're going to have disruptions to traffic, so I just would like to put that out there. They are working on Dove. They're going to have to cross 2nd Street, and then as they make their approach towards 10th. So we'll be working with um, advisories and notices for those closures as And after as the one between 2nd um, and Second and McCall 10th. finishes, then we're going to do the other one? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, they're progressing. So they're prog progressing towards the west. Okay. And um, they'll keep moving down down that segment. Real quick question: I didn't mean to stop you on yes, the flow. Um, are we increasing the the stormwater line in terms of size? We're adding an additional line. Oh, additional and line. And so the existing infrastructure will remain in place, and we're coming in with an additional storm line. Okay, so that line would service everything east of Tenth all the way past Second to the Northeast Blue Line. Yes, sir. So what we're doing is we are picking up some stormwater. That intersection of 10th and Dove um, right. is one that's frequently underwater. Right. So we're picking that up. We're extending some um, inlets towards that intersection, picking that up and taking it into this drainage system. Got it. We are um, not necessarily increasing the amount of water that's coming into the system, but we're, we're, we are extending what is there at the intersection. It would make its way, but it was very slow. Um, it wasn't appropriately sized. So it's not that we're extending the drainage area, we're just uh, providing better capacity for- Oh, more capacity. So the original, how, what was the size? I'll need it, to get back back. Okay, no worries. Obviously this recall. is larger. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Um, the next project is the Northwest Blue Line uh, regrade, and that's from, uh, that's um, a project that goes from <clears throat> Trenton, essentially uh, to the Alpha there. And so uh, that's in two parts. There is a, um, Part that ins that's installing a storm line along Auburn, and that's starting um, east of 29th Street, and it's going to make its way west, essentially, to where Auburn meets uh, Trenton, and picking up a couple of inlets there on Trenton to be able to divert um, that towards the drain ditch. Um, that also has improvements of that drain ditch uh, north of Trenton as well, and so there's various components of that project. Um, it's under construction, and the contractor is making progress. They're making their way towards 29th Street. So that's another roadway that we're going to have some closures and advisories on as well. They have until May to complete. Um, they're going to be, uh, as far as the roadway section along Auburn, they're going to complete, be complete way ahead of May for that. The other work is going to be done along the drain ditch. Um, the next project, oh, and for that project as well, we're working with the um, consulting engineers for additional services to service uh, the Ware Ridge subdivision. That will be incorporated as part of this project. So Thank you. They're making progress on that as well. Um, another project that we have is the Bicentennial Blue Line, um, and these are, I think the mayor mentioned these earlier, these are uh, bridge um, reconstructions that we're doing along Bicentennial at uh, four locations. Three of them are uh, bridge crossings that are being taken out and replaced with box culverts, and one we had already closed at Highland. Um, the crossing there to uh, vehicles, we're replacing that with a pedestrian crossing as part of the project. So the contractor, when we're working with them, they're working at one uh, bridge crossing at a time because that would be um, quite a significant number of closures if they did them all at one time. So as they make progress, they're gonna continue to the next, the ones, uh, one crossing and then they'll finish that one and then they'll move to the next crossing. So Highland won't allow vehicular traffic anymore? Highland does not have vehicular traffic right it now. It doesn't have? Not now. So we are not changing the traffic patterns. I, I'm going to reiterate that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we are not changing the traffic patterns. While they're under construction, they are closed. But whatever was current, whatever was open to traffic, stays open, stays open to traffic. And whatever I want to reiterate. Closed, 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 stays right. closed, except <laughs> exactly. if you swim across the canal, you can walk across it. Exactly, yes. Okay. 
And so um, we also are uh, preparing, we just had a, a pre-construction uh, meeting for another group of projects, so we're preparing with those. We are gonna have uh, quite a bit of work on 2nd Street. One of the projects is up by Martin, and that's gonna cross 2nd as well. And then I mentioned Dove. It's gonna have a crossing at 2nd, and then we have one further south by Shasta um, that's gonna have a crossing at 2nd as well. So we're coordinating with the contractors for those crossings, but we're gonna see um, a lot of traffic um, closures um, so crossings to do these. Like, like the drainage pipes are being constructed across the mm -hmm. roadways, so we're gonna have to shut down traffic. Yeah, well, good luck. And yes. right now we have still have Dove closed. Yes, so we're coordinating so we don't close them all at the same time, um, but so we'd be able to still divert traffic around and, and get the traffic time. moving. Yeah. So. <laughs> all at once. Yeah. All at once. We're oh. during COVID because no one's out. <laughs> the sensors are going in on 2nd Street every time we repave, they're on the south side, they're putting the light sensors in, red light sensors, and I saw Yes, sir. In that. By the way, I went all the way on the call from Dove all the way to... Um, Jackson, without hitting red light, almost nice. going the speed limit. <laughs> I meant under the speed limit. Pretty oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was going to ask for the I, clarification. I was going to call you. Like, wow. <laughs> we, we are still um, working with our traffic consultant as well as part of that uh, 2018 bond. Um, they have data collection that they need to do, but because our traffic numbers are not what they normally are, we have delayed that collection of traffic, right. and we'd like to continue um, to wait on that until yeah. we get some numbers back. Do they still um, feel? Oh, go ahead. The other option would be they do it based on um, projected numbers. I, I prefer to, for us to get actual numbers. So we'll be keeping uh, communication open on that in case the delays go longer. Do they feel our numbers are low right now? I'm just asking. Because traffic's pretty low. heavy. Our, our numbers are low be primarily because of school traffic. And so where right. we see some oh, of in these the morning peaks, at 730. Okay. Yes. And 330. And we don't have the school traffic that okay. we had. So okay. um, in commercial areas, they're yeah, probably they're relatively low. okay. But the schools, we're not going to see that. And if we do it based on the numbers we have now, I don't think we'd get good enough uh, readings for that. Yeah. Okay. And the last three updates are on TxDOT. The first one's on uh, Ware Road. Um, I got some information um, after, I guess, some of the packet information went out. So what they're saying on, um, sorry, uh, Bicentennial and the Interstate Project, they have an overall completion estimated timeline of April 30th, 2021. Um, they, ha they gave us tentatively between 23rd and Bicentennial to be complete February 26, 2021, and then between 10th and Bicentennial, December 7th. So the first week of December, they're looking to completion between 10th and Bicentennial. Um, they also mentioned that um, the three lanes have been opened from Bicentennial to 10th Street, um, eastbound frontage lanes, and the section between 23rd and Bicentennial, they'll be working on this coming month. December. So there won't be as long lines at 10th going um, eastbound, eastbound at the light? It won't be that. It'll take care of it. We're hoping. Like <laughs> and they also opened up the um, that additional lane that was constructed on, on 10th Street. They've opened that, that right turn lane oh, as well. So I might have missed it. What, when, what's the timing for the frontage road uh, westbound coming off of Main Street? They have between 23rd and Bicentennial. On the westbound next month, they'll be working on that next month. And how about at Main Street? At Main, I'll, I need to get back to you on that. Exactly. Okay. Any other questions? Uh, real quick, uh, even on the Ware Road project, I know it's kind of winding down. Uh, there's very little except just working on the median and putting the vegetation in. Um, uh, there was a. Con uh, could you follow up with Textile? They're going to fix where Ware Road reduces past Five Mile Line and Cornell. Uh, I saw the swale kind of where it, it kind of blends in with the street. 
and it's a real tight right corner. Uh, there were some residents that brought up that to my attention some weeks back. Um, I'll send you okay. another email just so because I know you got a lot on your plate. Okay. Uh, okay. Just to see if you can look into that. I looked at it. I mean, it's like if you try to make that right turn, it's real, real tight. You could actually fall into the, the little drain inlet. Oh yes, we forwarded that that to TxDOT. I'll follow up with them to okay. get to get to see what they say. Yes, All right, I'll thank you. Follow up with them on that one. And then the interchange project, uh, uh, the contractor for the joint venture with TxDOT continues to do work, and um, they are drilling some uh, piers, and they they send out up. Uh, closures or updates periodically, and we send them to MCN to send out to the public. So, uh, on the northwest side of the existing interchange, is that where they're starting to construct the piers? You know, they they didn't include um, where at. So I'll get you a map of, of the okay. area that they're working in. That used to be a trailer park, and I think Texas bought all that mm -hmm. property for them. Yes, yes. They started construction. Okay, any other questions? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Before we go on that, the uh, fire marshal—I mean, the fire chiefs out there, Jim, have you had anything for the agenda, or what? Or you want to talk? You know, you're not acting anymore. You don't have to keep showing up at the meeting and sitting through <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> okay, but you're certainly welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, brother. Good afternoon, Mayor and City Commission. Uh, this item is for advisory board uh, nominations. Uh, at this time, though, we are withdrawing the recommendations for the Friends of Quinta Mazatlan, and I will proceed with the um, recommendations for Commissioner Haddad to the Traffic Commission Board and ZBOA Board. Those are listed in blue. And Commissioner Villalobos on the Airport Ambulance and the Civic uh, Advisory Board, Civic Center Advisory Board, those uh, advisory board members are listed in green and they're eligible for reappointment should you want to reappoint them as well. I have one for Quinta. What do you think? Oh, me? In our district? Oh, geez. I'll call you. Okay, we'll bring them back at the next meeting. Anybody thinking about it? You have, JJ, do you have anybody or just? No, uh, I had some questions that uh, I'd like to confer with city management and, okay. and Quinta. Okay, so you have some nominees up there that you yes, already see, right? Yes, the Traffic Commission and the ZBOA, uh, those were recommendations made by Commissioner Haddad. Okay, we have a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Second? Second. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. We'll Thank get you. the names later. Mayor, could I say something just as a preview of coming attractions that I, uh, the Performing Arts Foundation has now been created and oh. which is placeholders on the board and so we'll be coming to the commission in the next month or so looking for members to round out. It'll be a pretty large board. It'll be, the reason I thought of it is it'll be similar to Quinta, I think, and uh, in, in probably a little larger. And, uh, but I did want to report the city attorney's mm -hmm. office has the foundation created and we just need to populate the board. Sorry. McCalling Performing Arts Foundation, I believe. Similar to the McCallum Performing Arts Center one. Yes. It'd be similar to Quinta and keep McCallum beautiful kind of relationship. Yes. The city manager might comment for the basically a fundraising right. board. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the purpose for uh, for creating it. We're probably also going to bring gonna, I think it's also going to allow them to to go out and get money from yes, other sources. Right. Net, from other sources to help benefit 
and reduce the cost even for local and uh, and bring, bring in the arts and basically subsidize some performances that are difficult to, to maintain. We're probably also going to be coming to you for a, a similar one for the Veterans War Memorial. And uh, in order to get closer knit with the city and how that's all working. Oh, okay. Future agenda items. Future agenda items. I have one. Okay. Um, I w I'd like a report on the abandoned homes. I don't think we've had that in a while. A abandoned homes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that, that we could add that to the code enforcement one for the 14th. We have an implementation following through on code violations enforcement report on the 14th. Whatever works. And why could you add that? Because it's kind of in line with that. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of on the 14th, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to know how we went from four, one page to three pages on this <laughs> one meeting. That what? That's all it took. I don't know, JJ. Samora, <laughs> Your Samora. name's on a lot of that, yeah. No, I think it's the last name is Ramirez, Ramirez, Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. That's true. Okay, so that's uh, future agenda. Next is a mayor's report um, on COVID-19. A couple of things you saw in the paper about um, uh, downtown and in the sweep from code enforcement department. Uh, one of the uh, situations, you know, the bars were closed downtown, the governor left it up to local officials, the um, judge left it up to local, and so we, but he was gonna close the bars in rural areas. So we, had, um, we said, we decided to keep the bars closed. Um, the reason, the, the classification of bars, any, any facility that has more than 50% in liquor sales as opposed to food sales. There's been a recent, um, uh, request by or application by bar owners to say we're now restaurants and they signed an affidavit that they will be more than 50% food and so they were allowed to reopen if you wondered how that that happened uh, the traditional bars reclassified themselves and that was uh, state the state the governor did that under that's exactly permit. that's right. exactly true I want to make that so, so we're you know that one of the reasons we get code enforcement get better information than than social media what was happening downtown I think we have enough um, to perhaps to go and try to say okay a bar's a bar and a restaurant's a restaurant and maybe improve the situation and we we appreciate especially young people um, having uh, pandemic uh, fatigue and wanting to get out on the same same token. I went down there um, Friday or Saturday night, and um, it's not the safest place in the world. Let me just put it that way. So gotcha. we're going we're gonna to try to address that. We were kind of not taken by surprise, but we didn't. It got, uh, especially at Halloween, it got a lot bigger than we, we knew. So at any rate, we're working um, on that. Another, huh? another area that's just as bad probably is the corner of Nolana and Second, where um, what are the names of those bars? Um, Oh, in the plaza? Yes. Yeah, I, I know. It's pretty, it's pretty. We'll go take a look at those too. But yeah, so it's been, I don't know if it's a change of position when the Alcoholic Beverage Commission just got um, easier to switch to what you are, for lack of a better way. Yeah, it was basically just an affidavit. And then the second is the statistics that have been, you know, uh, if you read the county report, it was a little confusing. And I think it, it's, it rolls down, you have federal, state, and local. Um, for instance, Kevin was telling me, I asked him about one of those and said, if you showed up with antibodies, then you are considered to be um, suspect. 
Well, if you already had it, you're going to have antibodies. And so people are still getting tested after they've had it, et cetera. So I look at the numbers of, you overlook at the overall numbers, and I, and I really count on the new numbers as opposed to anything else because those are locally confirmed. But then I look at hospitalization, intensive care, and deaths. And you know, those numbers to me indicate the seriousness, it's all serious, but the things that are going to put us in the shutdown are, are those three um, categories, I think. And so I think uh, overall we've always been around between 160 and 180 hospitalizations. Um, ICU about 120. No, about between 50 and 70. I mean 50 and 70, I'm sorry. 50 and 70 and deaths um, under 10 normally. Um, Single digits. And those have held pretty constant. So, <coughs> uh, you know, I think if anything, the numbers that the county's been putting out, would people would take attention to be more careful. And so that's good. But on the other hand, um, we think it's more accurate if you look at those other numbers because uh, the hospital stress is probably the most important um, thing that we'd have to worry about. Mayor, on, on the same, I'm sorry to interrupt, on the same issue on the COVID-19 matters, uh, and it's kind of maybe go dovetails with a future agenda item, can we continue looking at the um, opening up of Parks and Rec in terms of how many people we allow, uh, not necessarily the participants or the coaches or the team, but the, the, maybe the family and friends uh, yeah. that were brought to my attention over the weekend. About I, I went to um, San Antonio two weeks ago to see my grandson play baseball, and it was a lot of people no masks, crowded around the concession stand. The kids who weren't playing ball were out there like a playground atmosphere. It was really bad. And then somebody called me and said, I can't even take my wife to the soccer game here in McAllen. And I talked to Kevin about it. I said, I think I've seen two extremes. Right. Yes. And, you know, we need to... I wouldn't want us to turn into what has right. happened in San Antonio. But on the other hand, if two spouses, I, I have more concern about the kid, the younger kids that aren't playing, doing that, than I have parents going to a game. Right. But so I, we talked, right, Kevin? And yes. So we're, look, we're looking into that, and we can give you a report at the next meeting. Very good. Thank Put you. Put on sir. the agenda. Okay. Anything else on that, or before? Okay. Uh, next one, I kind of want you to talk a little bit about. Uh, or talk, you know, we had a great reports from the county drainage system, and I, I'm on um, a couple committees. In one committee, we just had a report on, it was with IBW International Bounding Water Commission, on the um, county, the $180 million bond issue that we all voted for, and we paid for 28% of And I want to show you really what's happening in the eastern part of the county. I, I sent this out to you. If you look at that map, yeah. it kind of has, shows you pretty good. Uh, the red things are all the county projects. One of the big projects uh, in the 2014 $100 million bond issue, we spent $10 million on examining a drainage facility, recreational facility, water supply in the Delta area, in Delta Lake, and that's kind of coming to <coughs> fruition. There's going to be a significant amount of money spent on, on that area. This is actually a blue part is the IBWC uh, floodway system. And where and these points where all the county drains into the floodway system, which ultimately goes into the Royal Colorado, and so it's kind of a interesting. Our drainage, if you can see on our side, uh, we have very little drainage facilities. Probably the main ones, you know, at Balboa Acres going into the floodway, and um, and some of the southern ones from the from the trade zone going in. But otherwise, that's really the IBWC. So it's a state, national, local, county. Uh, drainage projects in this in the state and relatively um, complicated when you think about it. We do a, a relatively good job, I think a very good job, except for a couple of subdivisions in getting the water out of our city 
it's another story getting it into the outfall and ultimately to the locations. But anybody who's <coughs> interested in it, um, next time we have a committee meeting, uh, I'll certainly invite you all to it. But it really shows what happened, how we had Hurricane Dolly, then the flood of 18, then the Hurricane Hannah, and then the Great June flood, yeah. which all happened. And there only one, there's only uh, two hurricanes, or two <laughs> or just a lot of rain. Pretty interesting, if you have any questions, we can do that. And then the next one I thought I'd put on there, we had another different meeting, was uh, International Boundary and Water Commission. Uh, on this one, I'm, by the way, I'm on a RERAC board, which is a third component. You see, we say flood, water from Mexico water supply, and the third one is water quality. And they're trying to establish a clean rivers program for um, our area, which would be Laguna and, and uh, uh, Rio Grande River. Rio Grande River is a little complicated since it is an international boundary. But you, if you heard about the 1944 water treaty, that's what it was and it shows, it's pretty interesting to take back, but it shows most of our water, for instance, it goes into Amistad, comes out of the Conchos River and it shows it on there. And the issue on the, the Mexico gets two thirds of the water, we get one third of the water. You don't see too much on our side because the Rio Grande Basin is really from Mexico, kind of. Right. We do get some water, 100% of the water flowing into um, Falcon, for instance, uh, comes from uh, the Frio, and, that com and that's the United States. We get 100% of that water. So the only water we that's really good. share is Mexican water. <coughs> and then the other main uh, reservoir uh, coming in is the Rio Salvinas comes in to Falcon at that, that location. So what happens is under the treaty, we're supposed to get 350,000 acre feet of water from Mexico and every year in a five-year cycle, unless there's extreme drought. And so they always fall behind and they have a year after that to pay, pay it up. They always count on a hurricane. We haven't had hurricanes in our area in recent times. So we just finished um, the five-year cycle. They were over a million acre feet behind and they paid it up by taking all the water in the reservoirs and say, that's ours. And so we have it, uh, we're paid up completely in the reservoirs. Uh, significant to us is uh, our water conservation ordinances with the utility board are based on water in the reservoir. And so once you go below 50, that triggers a portion of your water restrictions. 40, it's even more restrictive. And so we were approaching going below 40 just recently, and now we're back up over 50. So it does have a direct effect on how we operate our water systems. Where's Falcon Dam at right now? Falcon is relatively low. Falcon's like 35% yeah. uh, full. And the reason for that is Falcon's a much less efficient uh, reservoir because it's shallower, broader, and uh, probably has more seepage than Amistad. So over the years, Mexico has actually let us store some of our water uh, in the capacity at uh, Amistad using the Mexican capacity. Um, so anyways, it's a little got political in Mexico because the farmers didn't want them to release it so they would have probably paid it back um, sooner, and they decided the easier way is giving us the water in their reservoirs, then they have to worry about the farmers protesting because it was already released to us. So I, I thought this is really kind of a, gives you a great history if you want to know our, our water um, supply, but we're full. We're starting a brand new five-year cycle, and um, we need to pray for rain always, right? So, any questions, I'll be glad to answer. Uh, or if you want to read it and give me a call, I'd be glad to share that with you. Okay, that's sure. all I had.
Okay, now we go into executive session. Mayor, uh, commissioners, items 7A, B, and C are matters protected by the attorney-client privilege in 551-071, the Texas Government Code. <coughs> My item 7D is a matter pertains to possible sale, lease, or purchase of real property under 072 of the code. All the items, in my opinion, are eligible to be discussed in executive session. If it's a commission's desire to do so, recommend you entertain a motion of that. I'll move. Second. Motion is second. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. We'll go into executive session. It is 634. It's 6.53 according to the atomic clock of the city of McAllen. Mr. Mayor, city Attorney. Mayor, I think the only one that requires action will be 7D, recommending entertain a motion authorizing the city attorney and city manager's office to enter into discussions regarding the possible sale of the real property with the conditions described in the executive. So moved. Second. Second. Okay. Any discussion? Hear none. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carried. Uh, that's all I have, Mayor. That's all we have. Okay, um, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and a safe Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, all you guys, too. We're adjourned. Regular City Commission meetings are held on the second and fourth Monday of each month. Meetings are rebroadcast on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays on the McAllen Cable Network.